In a sermon last month, I mentioned that I had been prescribed a new glasses prescription. And at 42 years old, Dr. Hampton prescribed me with progressive lenses. And my young adult card was taken away when I picked these new frames up. Because while technically a voter registration card, a driver's license, or, or maybe even turning 21 makes you an adult, let me assure you that signing the paperwork on a mortgage and picking up your bifocals in the same week makes you feel like an adult. But despite the excitement of getting new frames, which I do very much enjoy, the real adjustment has not been the frames, but the lenses. For a couple of days, I had that feeling of being disoriented, like you always have when you get new lenses. But this is to be expected. I'm still adjusting where to hold the book and how far away to be from the computer and I've noticed that, that these new lenses force me to orient myself a little bit differently within the world than I used to with just the single vision lenses that I had worn for, oh, some 37 years. So I've changed the way I interact with the world around me because of the lenses that I have on. And at first it was jarring, but now it's normal. But I must never forget, and I won't ever forget, the impact that changing lenses has on how I interact with the world. Because any time we take on new lenses, it means change. We don't interact with the world the same way when we have, say, no lenses on versus sunglasses on, or contact lenses in versus progressive lenses in our glasses. All of these different lenses on our eyes provide a a different, unique insight into the world and a different way of engaging with the world because the lenses we choose to wear impact how we see the world. And as Christian people, I think we all might agree that there is a particular way, maybe a set of gospel lenses that we might need to put on So that we can see and experience and engage in the world in a particularly embodied as the body of Christ kind of way. We claim that we see God's people in a particular way. But do we? This is what our Christian lenses force us to ask, don't they? Do we see the world as Jesus does? As much as we can? Are we seeing the world more clearly each day with with each, each instance of growth in our faith? And as it comes to the question of who is our neighbor, which is the question the parable is about to ask us, Are we seeing our neighbors the way Jesus is calling us to see them? This parable is a direct one. 
The setup is simple and clear. The justification initially seems legitimate and, well, it, hen- it ends up heading in a pretty Jesus-y direction, if you will. And the question we face any time we read this parable, any time we come to Scripture, but especially this parable today, is are we seeing the world, are we seeing those around us and those in our world who we can reach out and touch? Are we seeing them through the lenses of ministry, through the lenses of neighbor that Jesus is giving us? Or are we allowing some other set of lenses to see them differently, to see things differently. That's pretty much the whole question of the parable of the Good Samaritan, which comes to us this morning from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Excuse me. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said to him, well, what is written in the law? What do you read there? The lawyer answers, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and you should love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Now, it was a test, though, remember? And so wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going uh, going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And so likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him and I will come back and I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The lawyer said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those of us who've been around here, been around church, been around the faith, the Christian faith for a while, should know that what the lawyer was trying to do was fruitless. It was a a fool's errand because he couldn't justify himself with the law. Jesus doesn't let this happen. Because when it comes to Jesus, we're always being pushed to see the world in a particular way through a particular set of lenses. 
Maybe it's convenient to think the lawyer was just checking his lenses. He says he was seeking justification. And he asks, who then is my neighbor? And Jesus, like any good eye doctor, brings the big thing on the arm over to the lawyer's face and says, is it better one or better two? Better to be a priest or a Levite? Better two or three? Better to be a Levite or a Samaritan? The priest who administers the faith chooses to wear a set of lenses that sees the man on the side of the road as unclean and he walks around him and moves on. The Levite who tends to the law chooses to see that the law allows me to not touch this man. So I'm going to walk by on the other side and move on. And both the priest and the Levite have made the wrong choice when it comes to the lenses they wear on that day. And they don't see through the gospel lenses. They don't see that the beaten man is someone who they are called to help. And so they leave him to fend for himself. And the inquisitive lawyer seeking justification or seeking a trap for Jesus sees that these two most esteemed members of the community avoid someone who needs help intentionally, but the despised Samaritan, the one who was unworthy of membership in his community, provides the generous hospitality of going the extra mile, of giving the cloak, of turning the other cheek, of helping someone who was in need. The Samaritan, the despised Samaritan, gets it right and shows the lawyer and all of us, that the lenses we have to put on, the lenses we're called to put on, are ones that show us that our neighbors are everywhere. Our neighbors are not just those that we share pews with, not just the familiar and the clean ones that we choose. Everyone is our neighbor. Everyone needs to be seen. Everyone must take on also the gospel lenses of seeing one another. And when we see someone in need and we avoid them, we actively ignore the lenses Jesus has asked us to put on. And we miss the point of the gospel. We don't know what the lawyer does after Jesus tells him to go and do likewise. But based on other stories in Luke, usually the one who is seeking justification from Jesus and doesn't get it walks away dejected. They walk away shocked. Maybe even a little frustrated that, oh, I wasn't let off the hook. The lawyer peers with Jesus through the gospel lenses of that parable and sees that it's not the ones who are justified by the law who are uplifted. Instead, like a child who puts on glasses for the first time and says, Mom, there's leaves on those trees. The lawyer sees with better than 20-20 vision that to be a neighbor is full. 
It exists beyond the law, beyond the existence of a tree. Salvation comes not through justification, but through generosity. And for us, to be a neighbor means to not hide behind tradition. It means things sometimes are going to get inconvenient. And to follow Jesus actually means that we both have to see those who we would despise and realize they are our neighbor. And we have to see that sometimes we might have to allow ourselves to be cared for by someone who we would despise. The story reveals that to justify or to contrive ways to hide behind a rule or a tradition that might prevent us from radical hospitality is wrong. It, that makes us fall short. And that doesn't allow us to fulfill the ministry of love that God gives to those who call on Him, who walk through the life-changing waters of baptism and the forgiveness of eternal life. Our gospel lenses, our Jesus-y lenses should help us see God's love and presence in the world. But I think these days, so often, our Christian lenses are not the only ones that exist. There's lots of lenses that can come between our eyes and the world around us. Not the least of which are, say, partisan political lenses. I bring that up because it just seems like everywhere we go these days, it's, it's that. And, and whether you prefer to be a Republican or a Democrat, whether you prefer to be a liberal or a conservative, whether you choose to watch this cable news channel or that cable news channel, if you watch a cable news channel that tells you to see the world in a particular way, it's probably best to acknowledge You're watching a cable news channel that's asking you to put on a set of lenses that may not be gospel ones. And this goes for the social media feeds we follow. It goes for the politicians we endorse. It goes for the advocacy organizations we pay attention to. And ultimately, anything we support as individuals. A lot of people and a lot of things and a lot of entities in this world want us to see through the lenses they give us. And as best I can figure, to see through some other lenses other than ones that Jesus gives us is to do what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, which is to see through a glass darkly. Oh sure, liberals fashion Jesus as a good dude who loves everyone. Conservatives fashion beliefs as things that we have to just be sure we get correct so we're orthodox. But the reality is both of them are lenses that can provide justification for us to ignore our neighbor if we let them. And in Matthew 25, Jesus tests our lenses in a way and says, Anytime you've helped the least among these, you've helped me. And anytime you've ignored the least among these, you have ignored me. And so it doesn't matter 
what the least among us did to get ourselves in the situations that we're in or didn't do, what hard luck we fell on. Jesus calls us to fulfill a mission of love. Our job is to love. Our job is to reach out. Our job is to see the Christian, as Christians, the brothers and sisters around us who need our love and support. And through the lenses of the gospel, that's what we hope we see. It's been three weeks since I got these things. I've grown, grown pretty accustomed to them, like I said. I didn't have a tough adjustment like some people do. But each day I find myself adjusting to glasses in a different way. But before long, I won't notice it at all. Stairs won't be a challenge. The little corners where it's fuzzy, I won't even look out anymore. But as I think about my gospel lenses, it seems like I'm still adjusting to them. Is that how it feels like for you? feels like even after 30-some years of being a Christian, some of you after being a Christian for double and maybe even triple that, after following Jesus faithfully, we're still trying to get those lenses on us to help us see a little bit more clearly, aren't we? We're still seeing that, that those lenses that Jesus has us put on push us and, and, and pull us further and further in a gospel of, of love, in a practice of love, in the embodiment of love. Our lenses that God gives us call us to love and, and, they, and they show us that God working unexpectedly expectedly is not just a cliche, it, it's not just framed art that goes on our walls. But God working unexpectedly and God helping us to see things we would not otherwise see is a way of life. It's the Christian life. And so this morning, drawing upon that hymn, grant us wisdom and grant us courage. We ask the Lord to help us put Jesus-y lenses on so that we might see the gospel ministry that's in front of us. So that we don't necessarily have to ask who is our neighbor, but when we do ask who is our neighbor, we realize that the one who is suffering, who is near us, is our neighbor. We realize that maybe there is something we can do. We realize that we shouldn't cross the road. We realize that we could stop ignoring we could give a hand up and maybe when we least expect it, the ones who we least expect to reach down into that ditch and pick us up will be the one who's there because their gospel lenses have reached out to us. And they're the ones who are going to help us back on the road to where we need to go. With gospel lenses, we will see things we do not expect. We may see things we don't really want. But the neighbors are the ones who show mercy. And so may we, may we be different. 
across the cultural battle lines that everybody wants to draw. May we wear gospel lenses of love so that we might fulfill the gospel and not someone else's agenda. Will you pray with me today? Loving God, we give you thanks for being gathered. We give you thanks for the promises of Scripture. And Lord, Lord, though sometimes Scripture steps on our toes and, and sometimes the way of Jesus pushes us into places we don't want to go, we're going to say today we even give thanks for that. Because when we step back, we realize that we didn't deserve to be loved and forgiven. We didn't necessarily deserve your grace either. But we received it. And so we've gathered to be strengthened by your word. We've gathered to be given courage to fulfill your call. And we've gathered to clean off the lenses of our hearts so that we might see the places where you are calling us to today. And so, Lord, that is our prayer. Help us to see through the lenses of faith so that we might know our neighbors, that we might love our neighbors well, and that we might, in coming to know them and helping them and serving them and in being served by them, we might experience your love, your grace, your hope, and your faith anew, afresh, and deeper than we ever imagined possible. This, O Lord, is what we hear from you today about our neighbors. We ask you to help us to experience in this day and in the days ahead. And it is in your name, Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we pray. Amen.